Good afternoon and welcome to MoneyWeb at Midday. I'm Nastasia Aron. So coming up is 15 minutes of markets and business-related news. We'll also uh, check in on what's happening in the world of the JSE and uh, global markets in general with Paul Fisher, who is from Unum Capital. All of this is coming up. In the new issue of the MoneyWeb Investor, the editor asks, is the world's biggest index provider playing with fire? Mining's miserable future, but the sad tale can be reversed. More twists and turns than the Sani Pass, Murray and Roberts' shareholder saga has yet to play out. Robos to the rescue, a new digital investment product is bridging the advice gap. SA's top performing global equity funds take advantage of a wider opportunity set. The MoneyWeb Investor, MoneyWeb's fortnightly investment magazine. Visit investor.moneyweb.co.za. It's uh, 12 o'clock on the dot and online is uh, Paul Fischer from Unum Capital. Paul, uh, how are the markets doing thus far? Hi, Anastasia. Pretty flat today. Uh, not not too much happening at the moment. Um, so overall, yeah, <laughs> a lot of up shares, a lot of down shares. It seems mm. to be with a theme of what's happening lately and no real direction in the markets. Is it just as bad as it was yesterday where it was just red all across the board? No, not quite that bad. It seems mm-hmm. to flatten out today. Look, overseas, um, the markets are, we're, we're down overseas as well. Um, yeah. The volatility has spiked. Uh, the VIX is up, which is, you know, indication of volatility on the S&P 500. So that's, that uh, ran quite highly uh, yesterday overnight. So, you know, just a general sort of sell-off globally um, in the markets. And obviously, we were affected yesterday as well. Right. On the sense front, uh, I saw an announcement out of uh, Long for Life uh, saying that they've added the shoe and clothing retailer to its portfolio for about uh, 4 billion rand. What do you make of that deal and does it really tie into uh, Long for Life's business model? Yeah, well, I mean, Long for Life is essentially an investment holding company and Brian Joffey's heading it up and that's kind of, you know, what what, <laughs> what the mandate of the business is to do is mm-hmm. to go and find sort of industrial companies and, and, and entrepreneurial businesses that have good growth prospects and invest in them. So I have looked at, at the uh, the basics of the deal. It's about 3.9 billion rand that they've, they're buying Rage for, which is essentially a, a clothing retailer. Mm-hmm. Um, they have their own brands and, and, and essentially in, a, in a, quite a, big growth phase at the moment. They're looking to increase revenues by about 16% per annum going forward. Um, if you look at what, what Long for Life's paying for it, um, I don't think they're getting a great deal um, at the moment. It looks like, you know, they're buying it on about a PE of 15 and Long for Life's at a, at, at a similar PE. So there's not much, uh, uh, let's say, value added on that perspective. Mm. But we'll see what happens. You know, I think uh, maybe one uh, the thing to do here is trust Brian Joffe. I mean, he has a history of... of, of, of investing in good companies and, and extracting yeah. value from his investment. So so I think one to watch. Um, but, but you know, essentially long for life doing what it's what its mandate is to do and that is to go and invest in these industrial businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, they rage does sort of cater to the sort of lower to middle L S M market. So and I think there's there are some growth prospects there. So Maybe one to watch. We're not uh, not necessarily going to jump in and start buying the share, but, but yeah. definitely definitely keep keep it in mind, yeah. And then you had the second phase of the old mutual breakup uh, taking place today. Yesterday we had the quilter listing, and today was uh, old mutual. What has been you know the market reception around that? Yeah, so quarterly I listed yesterday had a had a great uh, first day in trading. It's it's up a little bit today as well. But um, if you take it off, so essentially what you're getting is um, old mutual PLC is no longer. You now have 
each share in Old Mutual is now one share in, in a new Old Mutual, which is ONU share code, and then Quilter, which is old Old Mutual wealth. Mm. And and for every one share that you had in Old Mutual, you're getting a new Old Mutual share and one third of a Quilter share, essentially. Um, so if you look, look, uh, based on where Old Mutual is trading on Friday, um, there's no real difference in where you are today. Um, so when it listed yesterday, you're actually a little bit down, but the quilter has recovered quite quite nicely. And I think a lot of um, the depression in the old mutual share price, PLC share price, before this unbundling was just due to, to London shareholders not necessarily having mandates to buy shares in South African companies because old mutual PLC, the, the LSE-listed entity, is no more. So mm. essentially you have quilter that's listed in, in London and, and here, and then you have old mutual that's essentially only listed here now. Um, so, so yeah, one to watch at the moment. Yeah, no real direction, and, and I guess the market's waiting to see if any real value will be added in the long term. I guess the only the only real determinant of that is going to be long term strategy. Uh, but at the moment, you know, simple unbundling. Uh, you're not going to see too much, uh, no value added off off the back of the deal. Let's let's say that. So, so where you were on Friday to where you are now is pretty mm. flat. All right. Let's take a quick break and then when we come back, uh, we'll look at the global uh, picture and also touch a little bit on the this continued uh, worry of trade-offs. It's uh, five minutes after 12. I'm still joined on the line by Paul Fischer, who is uh, from Unum Capital. Paul, looking at the Asian stocks, I mean, you touched on this a bit earlier on. I mean, they've closed a little lower and investors are focusing on developments related to investment restrictions. As a comment out of the White House official saying that, you know, not everybody is going to be affected by um, restrictions, not not China, but uh, it'll be other countries as well. Because U.S. midterms uh, are coming up, I think, in September, if I'm not mistaken, are you expecting um, more rhetoric, more of this populist, uh, you know, talk around trade wars heating up as we get closer and closer? Yes, I am. I mean, Trump was elected for the specific reason, and he's kind of sticking true to to what he said he would do in his campaign. Um, so I think we are going to continue to see this. A big number for us is obviously the US GDP numbers coming out of Thursday. That's going to be a big one to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, it's inflationary. You know, all this trade talk uh, and these kinds of things are all inflationary um, for the global economy and not necessarily a, a good story. Um, I think, you know, as uh, what we've seen historically with Trump is his box worse than his bite, and he tends to talk. But when it's time to act, things are a little bit more muted and a little bit more sensible. So I'm hoping that we'll see that going forward. You know, there are some positives that 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 are that are coming out at the moment in regards to what you know, him carrying out what he said he's going to carry out. If you look at what he's done with Korea, mm. I think that was a big, massive positive for the global economy in terms of um, uh, investor sentiment going forward. Um, and it shows that he can sort of uh, carry out on certain mandates that he has. So, so we'll see what happens. Um, it's, but I think the rhetoric's going to be there, and that will affect markets in the short term. Look, it's hard to fight. If you look at where we are in the global economy, you've kind of got this growth throughout the world at the moment, and that's and that, that's hard to it's hard to destroy that wave. And the only way you can really do that is with raising interest rates, and, and essentially that is going to come from inflation. So, mm-hmm. trade talk does has the ability to impact inflation, and specifically inflation shocks. Um, um, so we'll see. That, that is a concern. Um, but, I do, yeah, I do expect uh, this kind of 
populist rhetoric to carry on in the short term, definitely. I don't see it changing. Yeah, I keep looking for somebody who may have read The Art of the Deal because maybe that would give us an, an insight into how his mind works when it comes to uh, making deals such as he is now and whether you know he's, he's picked the right uh, person to fight or rather the right country to fight against, in this case being China, which could be risky. It might not work out the way uh, he may have envisioned. Yes, I think, you know, with Trump, the one thing is uh, when he looks at a negotiation and his mind there's a clear winner and a clear loser, and there's never two winners. So, yeah. So, yeah. And that, that has a little bit of insight to how he thinks. Um, you know, someone's always going to get a be- better deal than someone else. And I think, he, you know, he sees himself as a hard negotiator. Um, whether that is, is the case in reality or not, uh, I think largely remains to be seen in a lot of what he's trying to do. Mm. But it does. I mean, it, it adds a lot of rhetoric in the short term, and it adds a lot of um, a lot of uncertainty in the short term. Um, I think, you know, well, I hope that that in the long term that that sensibility will kick in, and that you know that, that these countries come to 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 agreements that that make sense. You know. I mean, you know, taking, uh, you know, the story of trade wars, U.S.-China and uh, tightening in the U.S. and some of the risks around the oil price strength, we're seeing emerging markets uh, witnessing an equity sell-off. On the topic of the RAND, how has that been reacting to all of this uh, conversation? Yeah, so RAND been sold off sharply in the last few weeks, pretty much at the same levels before Ramaphosa was elected. So in essence, you can say that, you know, that that's all out of the system now. Mm. Um, but largely, you know, not 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 specifically to South Africa, as you say, it's it's in line with an emerging market sell-off, and I think a large uh, a large part of that is is just rates being aroused. Ra- uh, you know, uh, we're on a rate rising cycle in the U.S., and there's less incentive for American investors to necessarily invest in emerging markets. So the money that invests here and and in other emerging markets from developed markets is quite fast money, it's hot money, it moves in and out and depending on investors' uh, risk tolerances, and the money moves out quickly. Um, so, you know, I think we're just following the trend uh, with other emerging markets at the moment. If you see other currencies, they've also been sold off. Um, and, you know, that's kind of what happens, unfortunately, with our markets in, in, in short-term phases is that you do get these, these, these buy-ins and then sell-offs again. Uh, and that's what we're seeing in the RAND at the moment is that it has weakened quite substantially. Um, bonds have been sold off largely in the last few months. You um, see bond sales in the tens of billions out month on month. So so that is uh, in the short term a concern because obviously our, our current account deficit relies on inflows into our into our, into our our markets. Um, so too early to tell really what's happening there, but it is something, you know, uh, something quite serious to watch. And obviously if, if America, particularly America, continues to raise rates mm. and sort of minimizes that carry trade or that, that, that uh, yield upside that they're getting from emerging markets, you will see further, further outflows out of our country and out of all, yeah. all emerging markets. All right. I'm looking at the JSC's winners and losers list uh, right now. And uh, Woolies is up nearly 4%. But on the downside, we have Sabanya down nearly 7%. And I'm assuming that is on the side of Sabanya, that is. That's because of uh, the news story that another miner has died at its uh, Sabanya Stillwater. Could be. Um, I think, you know, these, these stocks are so, so volatile, and any bad news will probably affect the market. Yeah. Um, you know, for us, gold miners is not anything to look at going forward. Obviously, with Sabanya, it's slightly different. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but just, yeah, not something that we don't really follow too much and, and, and kind of avoid. You know, they're trading stocks. 
or guys who like to trade. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, these these miners in, in general as a sector have not added value to shareholders in more than a decade now. So something that we don't watch, you know, we're not the you know, we used to control the mining industry, you know, the, 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 mm-hmm. the output of, 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 well, we used to control the gold industry, you know, 20 years ago, and, and we can't really control that price anymore too much. Yeah. So, so not something that we really watch, but probably it could be as a result of a, of bad news like that. Um, it's just, you know, there's no, there's a lot of trading and a lot of, um, uh, what's the word, uh, uh, sort of uh, sentiment in these stocks and yeah. not, not, not much is based on value. So they can swing quite, quite aggressively for no big reason. Mm. Um, Unfortunately, yeah. Right. So what's uh, front and center in terms of your focus for either the rest of the day or the rest of the week? The rest of the week, definitely GDP numbers, U.S. GDP numbers on Thursday. You know, that's one to watch. GDP, U.S. GDP will really determine, I think, uh, U.S. inflation. So so that's another number that we watch very closely, um, which will really determine uh, rates. Uh, how how quickly the U.S. starts to raise rates. They've already they're already well into their raising cycle, but that could accelerate quite substantially. And in, in particular, if you if you have these uh, you know this rhetoric around trade continuing as well. So that's that's why this is a big number to watch. Essentially, is, is U.S. interest rates, but U.S. GDP and U.S. inflation t- sort of feed into that. So that's for us uh, something very important to watch. Um, uh, that's why it's the biggest risk to the markets at the moment is, is essentially how quickly the U.S. starts raising rates. I was talking to somebody uh, earlier on this morning and, you know, he was giving me a sense of what's been happening on the JSE over the past six months. And he's saying, you know, it's uh, it's really been a difficult period. There's a lot of pain out there. And the big challenge for, you know, that he's seeing is that you have all these shares that have these decent multiples that have been sold down as a result of what's going on. And then the ones, uh, you know that have these really crazy high valuations um, are still in the picture. For you guys, I suppose as UNM Capital, has it become even more difficult to, you know, find something that's worth investing in in this particular market? Yeah, it's a bit frustrating. So if you look at it, sort of the momentum trade is continuing and it's continued for a few years now. And that's really, you know, these sort of overvalued, or in our view, overvalued stocks just getting more expensive and Mm -hmm. sort of more valuable stocks with more, you know, historically better ratings not being rewarded, um, and that's really, I think, just a function of uh, it's, it's a glo- it's a it's a global phenomenon, but also a function of I think the outlook. Yeah, yeah. So specifically your your SA Inc stocks, you know, stocks that focus on the South African economy have been uh, punished quite quite heavily. Um, whereas your your momentum based your massive the sort of uh, global stocks have been uh, rewarded. And I mean, if you look at it, you know the the disparity between, say, a value the, a value index based index and a growth based index has never been. Uh, it's very very rarely in history where the discount of value to growth has been this large. Right. And um, you know, for us, it is frustrating because to to build an investment thesis around a business, then there needs to be some kind of valuation play in it. You can't just pay you know infinity for for a good stock. You know, yeah. <laughs> so, so for us, it is a little bit frustrating. Um, uh, and, and you know, but you got to play the long game. I think for us, you know, we we're in the we're in the game for the long term, and, and we're not too concerned with short term fluctuation. Mm. And we base our, our investment thesis on hopefully the market eventually reverting to the mean and saying, well, well, you know, you can't just keep rewarding a stock for no good for 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 just because its earnings are going up, and yeah. you assume those earnings are going to go up at the same rate into perpetuity. And and the same thing, you can't just keep punishing a stock that's in a bad. It's a bad economy because 
you know, at some point that economy should turn around and those valuations should should come through. So, so that's really where we are. So, you know, we like we like SA Inc. Um, we think it's going to be volatile in the short term, hmm. but they are. It's definitely offering a lot more value than the international stocks. All right, Paul. Uh, thank you so much for your time. That's Paul Fisher from Unum Capital. Numbers rule the world. Inflation, interest rates, petrol price. And when numbers change, you need to know how to respond, especially when it comes to business. Partner with a chartered accountant and get far more than a numbers person. The CASA is equipped with holistic business acumen and decision-making expertise when evaluating your business's future growth. Partner with a responsible leader in business. Partner with a CASA today. Go to saiga.co.za. That's it for me, Anastasia Aronson. Until next time, goodbye. 